everybody, and welcome back to the In The Now podcast. This is your host, Claudia Urita. Today, we're going to be talking about cold water immersion therapy. So let's start off by defining cold water immersion therapy. It's the exposure to cold water for set increments of time in a monitored environment for therapeutic effects. Understanding homeostasis does play a huge role in understanding how cold water immersion therapy works. Homeostasis is described as the equilibrium, the balance in the human body in order to keep us alive. And so when we think of homeostasis, we can see how cold exposure therapies work. It's a practice that induces stress and a slight change in our body's balance. We know that cold is a natural stressor. It has been biologically for decades and decades. And so when we induce this stressor, when we expose ourselves to the cold, it causes little physiological activities to occur within the body that help bring us back to homeostasis. This is almost like an exercise for systems in the body, like the nervous system, the respiratory system, the circulatory or cardiovascular system. And it helps strengthen how these systems work. And overall, it boosts our well-being. How can we practice cold water immersion therapy? It can be practiced through cold showers, ice baths, cold plunges, and cold swims. Most convenient way, in my opinion, is to practice in the shower because it's the easiest way to manipulate the environment. You can easily change the temperature of the water and you have control over how cold you want the water to be. It's also fairly safe compared to the other modalities like ice baths or plunging into a frozen lake or a cold water swim. Cold showers are also more convenient and easier to implement into one's routine. Let's start to get into some of the benefits of cold water immersion therapies. So one of them is that it boosts immunity. There is a study in the Netherlands performed where participants ages 18 to 65 years old were meticulously screened to make sure they didn't have any cardiac or circulatory system issues that could cause error with the study. It took place over 30 days, and they were instructed to take warm showers, then end the shower with 30, 60, or 90 seconds of rinsing with cold water. And this study concluded that cold water can stimulate blood cells that fight off infections, leukocytes, the white blood cells. A routine hot to cold shower resulted in statistical reduction of self-reported sickness absences by 29%. And connecting back to the idea of homeostasis, right? We see this change happening in the body with these leukocytes. The body is becoming stronger to help fight off and to help overcome this natural stressor. And so we also see this happening with the nervous system. We see the sympathetic system. The sympathetic system belongs to the autonomic nervous system, the fight or flight or rest and digest responses. So the sympathetic is the fight or flight. I know I've talked about it on here before. But when the sympathetic nervous system activates, it results in shivering and adrenal hormones. And these two things lead to the increase of metabolic rates. And so we can also see how cold exposure also leads to how immunity is boosted through the increase in metabolic rates. We also see that cold exposure therapies can help with depression and anxiety symptoms. Originally, when cold exposure therapies are beginning, like when one first enters the cold shower or enters the cold body of water, the sympathetic system kicks in, our fight or flight response, right, to kind of regulate us. We're in the system or this environment of discomfort. So our body is regulating us to bring us back to homeostasis. And when the sympathetic system engages, we see so many different physiological responses, right? We see our heart rate increasing, our blood pressure increasing, our metabolism rates increasing, our perspiration rates increasing, 
We also see the release of many stress chemicals, such as cortisol, norepinephrine, and adrenaline. Our breathing changes, it becomes shallow and rapid. But in addition to the sympathetic system kicking in, we also see the vagus nerve starting to activate. So what is the vagus nerve? It's really important in the idea of cold water immersion therapy. It gets its name from the Latin prefix vague, and it's described as the wandering nerve. This prefix means like the wanderer or the traveler. Think of the word like vagabond. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. (laughs) But it's that same Latin root, right? Kind of irrelevant. But it's interesting because this nerve is so vast. It comes from the, the bottom of the brain. And it stems all the way down into the lower abdomen. And it also has many branches that reach out into many different systems of the body. And so why is this nerve important? Why am I bringing it up? It has a lot to do in our stress response. And one way we can see it working with our stress response is through this thing called vagal tone. It's the strengthening of the vagus nerve. In the activity of the vagus nerve, that's what vagal tone is. We're able to measure it through the connection between heart rate variability and the breath. So the way that the heart rate changes as we breathe. It's typically stated that when the heart rate increases as you inhale and decreases as you exhale, and you're really able to pick up on this difference, it's a big contrast in this increase and the decrease with the inhale and the exhale, right? If you're able to see that contrast, it's described as you having a high vagal tone. There's also other ways to measure it, but we won't touch on that today. But I bring that up because, like I previously stated, when our stress response kicks in, we see the heart rate changing and we see our breath rate, our breathing regulation, it kind of alters. And so it's kind of interesting to see how the vagus nerve plays a role. And it's described as when we have a really high vagal tone, a lot of vagus nerve activity, then our stress response is often quite lower. We don't go to that place of panic and anxiety and extreme stress as often. You know, we can't avoid it altogether. It's part of our biology, but we're able to kind of regulate ourselves out of it more often. So we're able to see this working with cold exposure therapy and cold water immersion therapy. And so that's why a lot of these symptoms of depression and anxiety are combated through cold water immersion therapy. And in addition, the cold is often shocking. So in order to regulate the body, breathing exercises help bring one out of the sympathetic state and back to homeostasis. And so often in cold water immersion therapy, we find people commonly using and taking advantage of these breathing exercises to help regulate our mental state while in the cold water. And there's also the release of norepinephrine, which yields the sense of well-being. So oftentimes after one gets out of this cold water immersion experience, even though it was a struggle to get in there and that adrenaline, the norepinephrine is released, that chemical brings this sense of euphoria. And so oftentimes that's where that euphoria comes from. And I linked a few studies below that I accessed for my research for this podcast episode. And in one of them, I found that 10 minutes of immersion in CO2 water produced increases in pulse and finger temperatures, 
with increased feelings of well-being and decreased state of anxiety. I also found that cold exposure activates the sympathetic nervous system, increases blood levels of beta-endorphin and noradrenaline, and increases synaptic release of noradrenaline in the brain. Antidepressive effects of cold showers attribute to the presence of high density of cold receptors in the skin, expected to send an overwhelming amount of electrical impulses from peripheral nerve endings to the brain. Through these studies, it's really obvious to see the powers of cold water exposure therapy for the nervous system. And so to kind of wrap up the episode for today, I think a good point to touch on would be how is the practice recommended? The most convenient way to implement cold exposure therapies would be through cold rinses at the end of the shower, in my opinion. That's what I typically find myself doing. It's recommended to start with 30 seconds and gradually increase each time. The water temperature is typically between 60 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit, but it's recommended for those new to cold water immersion to start with warmer temperatures, closer to 60 degrees for shorter periods of time. It's significant to time each cold exposure session to ensure that it's practiced cautiously. Sometimes in certain environments, it's good to have someone monitoring you. Like, for instance, if you're going to go out and cut a hole in a frozen lake and dunk yourself into that water, that might be the type of situation where you'd want someone else there to make sure everything goes safe. Um, Or like if you're going in the ocean... I've done this before, like in January, run out into the ocean and do a quick polar plunge and then run back out. Um, For some, that might be a little too shocking, and it could be good to make sure that someone else is there to monitor you and make sure everything goes okay. And timing it can be a good way to keep track of how your practice has changed over time and to see how you've built up resilience to more and more time exposed to the cold water. And my last point here would be to make sure you find that middle ground where, you've, where you're able to push yourself out of the box, but also not be too comfortable and not be in pain. We don't want to do anything that causes pain because at the end of this practice, it's just something to boost our overall well-being. If it's causing pain, it's not for you. And maybe you just need to take a step back or not practice for a little bit, take a break. It's not good to ever push yourself to the point where you're actually in physical or mental pain. We want to avoid that at all costs, not just with this practice, but with any wellness practice. And we also don't want to grow to the point where it becomes relaxing. And I know that can be crazy to some people to think of the idea of the cold being relaxing. I know for me, I don't really love to be cold. So that's why I enjoy this practice. I think it gives me that time where I'm able where I'm able to discipline myself and say okay like I can stand in this cold shower for a few seconds and turn it off and I know that I'll survive I know I can do it because I've done it before and I can do hard things and I know it sounds funny because it's just a cold shower but it builds up builds up that resilience but for some people you may find that you really grow to love the cold and crave the cold water And that's great, but I guess if you get to that point, you're not really getting those same benefits. You're not really getting that boost of the sympathetic system anymore, or the boost of the noradrenaline and adrenaline being released, and norepinephrine. And so finding that middle ground where you're uncomfortable, but also not in pain, is very important. It's good to cater the practice to yourself and what you need. So overall, thank you all for listening to today's episode. 
in the description, I attached some of the sources that I used. So feel free to check out some of those websites. And for the new year, I've thought of a new method for releasing my podcast episodes. I'm thinking of doing an episode each month. And that's my goal for this year. So thank you for tuning into this month's episode. I hope you learned something. I hope this inspires you to find a cold water immersion practice. Mm-hmm.